Hello and welcome to another episode of Younger by the Minute. I'm Jamie Spicer and I'm sitting here with my lovely wife, Jennifer Spicer. And thanks for tuning in today. And what we're going to discuss today is going a little bit deeper than skin deep. Yes. So what Jamie means is really when you're looking at your overall health of your skin, it is deeper than skin deep. So you've got to go from the inside out. Right. And I think that's really important as we're getting ready to enter into the summer months. And of course, we're all going to be spending a lot of time outside. So I think talking about, you know, things to prepare your skin going into summer, and then also some tips and tricks, some things that I've heard you talk to clients and educate your clients on, I think is really going to be a, of a benefit to this podcast. Yeah. Our, so when you're looking at the skin, you know, genetics plays a role and then also gender plays a role just from the makeup of how skin is made for what women versus men men's collagen is thicker it's denser and then estrogen has a factor in relation to collagen degradation so once a female's gone through menopause collagen is pretty much non-existent and we all do start losing collagen pretty significantly after the age of 25 but when you're looking at your skin you could have factors that are called intrinsic or from the inside or extrinsic or from the outside that are going to affect your overall health and how quickly you slow down the aging process or you accelerate the aging process. Right. And I think, you know, obviously genetics and, and stuff like that are going to play a huge role in it. I think how you take care of yourself is going to play a major role in it, meaning, you know, there's things that we can control. And things we can't control. Uh, when I say things that we can control, you know, how well do you hydrate the body? How what do you feed the body? Are you a smoker, a drinker? Like, like how many times are you going to add insults that's going to add, speed up the aging process? Well, inflammation, right? right? So, and yes, you know, genetics does play a factor. However, you need to one be honest about what your genetics are, and if you want younger, healthier looking skin, then you need to realize, okay. You might not be able to sit in the sun. Like, look at me and you, for example. I come from a Northern European descent. My collagen and my skin is thinner. I'm also a female. I have to be much more careful in the sun than you when it comes to sun damage. I also have to be more careful with the amount of inflammation that I choose to put in my body. So if you live in a polluted area and you're really bad about washing your face at night, you are accelerating aging. If you are constantly under blue light, you don't have to be outside to get damage from light, you're going to accelerate aging. If you're not using the right sunscreen, and we'll dive into that in a little bit, you're going to accelerate aging. And it's not just UVA, UVB rays, it's also UVC, which is environmental exposure or heat that you have to be careful with. But you're absolutely right. What you can control is what you're putting in your mouth as far as nutrition and water intake what you're using topically on your skin and how regular you are with in-office treatments and the type of skincare you use. And you could even overdo it and that can be a bad thing. And then also how much sleep you're getting. Right. You know, again, one of the quickest ways, you know, you know people talk, ask me, you know, like, well, how can I lose uh, into my waist really quick? You know, and the, the big thing I tell them is hydrate. You know, most people are dehydrated. And so, I think, you know, dehydration of the skin plays a key role because you look a little bit older and your skin doesn't look as, as fresh or supple. Okay. Supple. <laughs> Not a word I would have fit, but you know, what was you? supple, <laughs> vibrant. I think I would have chose over before supple. I don't, I, I don't know. Refreshed. 
There's a few things I could have thought of, but yeah, supple wasn't in my vocabulary. But there you go. Hydrating your skin through proper hydration. There's, you know, again, I we've talked about this in other episodes that hydration is probably one of the biggest things that people miss the, on a daily basis. It leads to hunger signals. They're not actually hungry. They're actually thirsty. It's responsible for bowel movements. I mean, brain function. You know, we wake up. We've talked said this before, too that you know your brain is dehydrated when you wake up up to by 20 percent so there's all these things that waters plays such a crucial role that i think people are missing the boat on well yeah because i think people forget that our bodies are mostly relatively water and water is very crucial to everything to literally how plump and that i think that's why i chose the word simple like i think about a dehydrated brain, dehydrated skin, those skin cells are shriveled up and they do look older and they are older and you're not giving them what they need to really truly go through the processes that they go through because each cell goes through a process and a lifespan and everything like that. Right. You know, I also feel like people then add water and then you take on caffeine. Caffeine's going to dehydrate you and what we're choosing to eat, you know, is going to play a huge, huge, huge factor because it's going to destroy gut health and I also think people don't realize that your skin is an organ and because it's the skin and it's not a critical organ, even though it is, meaning like it's not your heart or something like that, it's getting kind of neglected from the inside because your body's going to always work in order of importance. And then also from the outside because it's getting constantly beaten and your face is constantly exposed. And when it comes to UV exposure, it's about repeated exposure. So your face, your neck, your hands, areas like for guys, the tops of the head, all that stuff. Right. And I know we've beat up sugar quite a bit, but, you know, I've heard you say in the past, too, that, you know, sugar disrupts collagen production. And we've talked about on the nutrition side on how, you know, like even eating a banana, even though a banana is healthy, like you never want to eat that alone because you're going to spike insulin and insulin's present. You don't burn fat, but you're also going to crash just as fast, too, because you don't have a protein or a fat to slow that down. Why, again, when we look at like a banana or anything like that with sugar, it disrupts collagen production. So again, when you're thinking about eating your food, make sure you have a protein and a fat teamed up with it. That way you're you're keeping insulin low and you're not disrupting collagen production. So that's there's two things that I want to unpack there in regards to sugar. So one, it, it's not that it disrupts collagen production. It's that it Excess sugar will bind to your collagen fibers and make them like, have you ever seen like a really dried out rubber band that's yeah. like going to snap? That's yeah. what happened. Yeah, yeah. But then you need to help me with this vocabulary because I'm going to get it wrong. But insulin spiking and dipping is directly related to estrogen, including alcohol for women. And estrogen then also cause things like melasma. Correct. Yeah. Whatever you spike, spike insulin, it converts, it goes to estrogen. And so, you know, we've talked to, you know, we talk with our clients that the importance of not spiking your insulin it, because it can lead to estrogen dominance. Yeah. And then too much excess estrogen, which most of us are kind of estrogen dominant in today's stage. Today's age, just due to phytoestrogens and all these other things that create estrogen in the body. And if you ever have had or seen someone with diffuse pigment over their forehead, cheeks, or across their upper lip, that's estrogen and it's causing issues with your melanocytes which create pigment right so i've even seen now i'm seeing men with melasma and that is kind of uncommon well you know i was going to hold it not say it, but i'll say it it's like if you want to see what i'm talking about the estrogen dominance look around at the average male's chest 
Um, there's a lot of lot of males out there with fatty tissue chests. Again, we look at the American diet and we look at the amount of junk food, preservatives, and everything else, and we're kind of going on the weight side versus the skin side, but it does correlate with each other. And the fact of it just it just doesn't affect your weight and your body fat. It also it impacts your skin. It impacts your skin. And then, you know, talking about that, if you're not moving your bowels every day, you're going to have recirculating estrogen and that can create issues. And I want to get into that a little bit. Like if you have, everything's going to kind of show up on your face and tell a story. So if you're having gut health issues or you're constipated or have other issues, a lot of times you'll be breaking out around the corners of your mouth. If you're breaking out on your forehead, it could be, you know, due to dehydration or it could be the wine and dine area, like right in the T-zone. Um, if you're breaking out along the jawline or under the neck, that's definitely a hormonal thing. So your your skin will try to tell you a story. And it's not just acne. It's other inflammatory conditions like eczema and psoriasis and other things because inflammation is pretty bad. Well, and that leads, what you already said a million times, your skin tells a story. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you're going to bed at night and when you're waking up in the morning and when you're staring at yourself in the mirror, brushing your teeth or... Or if you are a female and you're washing your face, putting makeup on, like, you know, there is such a thing that we've talked about called face mapping. And there are zones on your face that will, and Jen can tell you more about this than I can, but there's zones on your face that will tell you this, what, what's being hit. You know, we use it in our SIBO protocol um, when we're looking at gut function, but there's zones that will tell you whether kidneys, liver, spleen, gallbladder, hormones are all being impacted. Cardiac. And then also, like you taught me, keratosis pilaris, which is the chicken skin or the bumps on the back of the arm, those are related to a vitamin A deficiency. Right. So if you're deficient in something or you're getting too much of something, like people that drink too much dairy or eat too much dairy or eat too many refined carbs, you know, you're thickening your oil, you're thickening the mucous membranes, and that's going to cause breakouts and all sorts of other things as well. And before we get attacked on the dairy side, you know, my mom's side of the family are farmers and they still are and i will go out and say that there's quite a there's a huge difference between farm to table like from my uncle tim's cows to table than what is the prairie farms that you're getting on the shelf so before we get attacked on that there's a how they pasteurize to preserve the milk and even juices is they're killing off vitamins and nutrients when they go through that pasteurization cycle because of the heat. Let me ask you this, and this could, I kind of, someone wants to get mad at me, fine. It's kind of like the whole growth factor and serums, you know, thing that I've always dealt with with skincare because I do not believe that a growth factor can sit on a shelf. And I also don't think that, you know, growth factors that come from plants work with humans because we're not plants, but we're not baby cows. So should we really be having milk? You know, there's... There, you know, that's depends on which side of the fence you want to sit on. And that, you know, I'm in the belief that you can get your nutrients from other things that you would get from dairy and not have, yeah, not to have the the thickening of the skin and the mucus buildup and everything that you would get from dairy. I do believe that you can, in moderation, have aged cheeses. Yeah. You know, um, again, do you have gut health issues? Do you have SIBO or SIFO? Because of those the case of aged, aged cheeses are out. But it just depends. But you know, anything in moderation or is going to be okay. But you know, yeah. But then you got to go into like, is it A one, A two in the milk? But okay, you know, which digestive enzymes that you have to break down the lactose in that. But again, that's another discussion. Let's go into that uh, maybe in the next one and talk right. about um, 
like low stomach acid. And all right. That. But there is no undeniable that of what dairy does to the mucous membrane and the thickening of the skin and and the the inflammation that it causes throughout the body. You know what? And I, I think you're, I hear you. And honestly, if I want to eat dairy, it's going to be an ice cream. And I love ice cream. Right. That's just how it's going to be. But I think you hit the nail on the head with the moderation. Everything is good in moderation. I mean, maybe not some things, but for the most part. And I think we kind of get stuck in ruts. We're like, okay, then we're just having dairy all the time or going out in the sun all the time. You know, we do need sun exposure. We do need sun exposure without SPF in moderation. Right. There are things that we, our body does crave and need, but because of our society and our, our culture, we tend to either be excessive or not enough. Right. There needs to be a balance. And so you brought up as SPF. And so is there an SPF 50? Is that the best? Is it SPF 30? Is it, what, what do you put on? Because I know that you need to put it on more frequently than I do. Yep. I mean, and I prefer I don't even use it and I get yelled at, which is why I put it on. But <laughs> anyway, what, what's the, what is the, why is that? So again, it's genetics. If you have ever had a family history of someone with skin cancer, you need to take that into consideration. But SPF stands for your sun protectant factor. And really what you need to do to figure out which number you need is you need to figure out what your burn factor is. So I can go out in the side, outside in the sun without anything on and within 10 minutes, I'm probably burning. You have a little bit of a longer span for that. So you take whatever that number is. So 10 minutes, I say I'm going to use an SPF 50. I'm going to multiply 10 by 50. And that's how many minutes I have in the sun before reapplication. That's if I'm not sweating or going swimming. You should, even though if they say they're water resistant, you really should be reapplying. The reason why everybody needs SPF, including you, even though you tan, is because it's about repeated exposure. And the last place that you want to have something removed is your face. It's the last place you want to have something removed. So, but there is variables in between there as well. A physical block, which is zinc or titanium dioxide, is going to be your best bet. The chemical sunscreens cause inflammation all on their own. They can actually exasperate inflammatory conditions like melasma because you're using a chemical-based sunscreen. And they've come a long way with the physical base. They make them with micronizing so they don't make people that have darker skin look like they have a gray face or a white face or anything like that. They've really come a long way. And they also have powdered sunscreens, which are really, really nice. But I do think that if you're going to be outside in the sun for extended periods of time, it's extremely extremely important to wear sunscreen and it's also important to wear it on a daily basis because you don't realize that the uvb rays are actually the burning rays and so people think oh if i didn't get a burn i didn't get damaged no uva rays penetrate through glass there's that infamous photo of the one truck driver who literally looks like he has two different faces because he spent most of his life without sunscreen on going down the road with uva damage it's uva rays are out when it's cloudy when it's not 365 days a year. So you really need to be wearing UVA ray protection. And that's going to be with a physical sunscreen. And then you said, I know you've talked about this with clients as far as application time. Is there something where you take whatever your skin tone? Oh, you already talked about that. Never mind. I missed that. Part. You were clearly checked out. But <laughs> the one thing I do want to say is it's not just sunscreen to keep you truly protected. If in the beginning of this, I talked about UVC and that's just from the atmosphere and radiation exposure to get truly a broad spectrum protection, you need to be using an antioxidant as well to help with oxidative stress and damage. And that's going to be in the form of vitamin C. 
And not all vitamin C's are made equal either. I don't have, that's a whole other conversation, but it's really a good idea to get a professional to help you and also to have regular treatments like regular monthly facials and other things to help regenerate skin, you know, lasers and things. They might seem like they're done in vain, but they're also done because when you turn over new cells, you actually kill off cells that could become um, cancerous right? and go rogue. And I think that's important that someone comes in and gets an assessment done on their skin. So one, they know yeah. the right type of skincare that should be applying. Because I know we've talked about that and I've heard you talk with clients first. Some of the products that you were using was the root cause behind their how skin, dry their skin was. Yeah, over drying it is bad. Or was causing their breakouts mm -hmm. um, on that side or causing them to be too oily. But at the same time, you know, I think structuring and laying out a game plan, which is what I know our estheticians do, is laying out a game plan of what you can do pre-summer, what you can do in summer, and then what you do post-summer. Yeah, you don't want to be using anything that's photosensitizing. So, you know, your retinols, your actives, things like that, or even procedures when you're going to be going out into the sun. And that's all the time. You want to make sure that your lifestyle, just like with a diet and exercise program, you want to make sure that your lifestyle matches your anti-aging plan. Right. And that is the one, the one thing I guess I really like about our model is the fact that our estheticians have direct contact with our dietitians, and so they can refer back and forth. So they are seeing something that is not being corrected by lasers or skin pills or anything like that, that they can refer them over to Hannah and get a consultation set up to address their nutrition. Um, and or they can also set up a consultation with you, get blood work done and see what might be going on hormonally on that side too. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if after everything we just discussed, if most of what's going on is coming from the inside, you're really not doing yourself a good, you know, the best thing if you're just treating the top. And I know that from experience. That's why we do what we do. I mean, I had terrible acne. My hormones were out of whack. My gut health was out of whack. I did peels, all sorts of things. Like, I even remember when we first started dating, you're like, I know you're an esthetician, but do you need proactive? <laughs> like, and you're trying to be sweet about it, but it was like, shit, if I could figure this out, I would. But, you know, it didn't start until I cleaned up on the inside. And that's why I became an esthetician. I had acne in high school and I was like, I don't want to just go on antibiotics. I want to figure out what's the cause. And then we've just taken that deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's the, it's, literally the same thing with all of what we do if you're doing botox and fillers but you're not taking care of your skin i equate that to like going to the dentist and not brushing your teeth you need to be taking care of your entire body head to toe inside out if you truly want to have longevity in this life and i'm sorry but if you do want to live longer chances are you probably want to look better 100 percent now and we've made this comment you know before is our bodies and our health are not like a car you know you, you can't trade it in because you beat it up so bad and it's not running right no more that you just go trade it in on a new car. You only get one shot at this. In some cases, you can reverse some of the damages that you have done, but you never want to get to a point where you've done so much damage that it's irreversible. Yeah, and I also feel like now that we've been doing some personal work spiritually and emotionally, my relationship with myself and the way that I look has changed. I feel like if you truly love yourself and you're respecting yourself, then the outside is going to match the inside. And so self-care is self-love. It all starts with you. You need to be your best self, the best version of yourself, so you can be the best for everybody else in your life. Because you're not taking care of yourself first, physically, mentally, emotionally, then 
you're only giving everybody else 30 or 40% of what you're truly capable of doing. 100%. So, all right, well, we appreciate you tuning in to another episode of Younger by the Minute. I'm tapping out, Jamie Spicer. Thank you for listening. And if you have any questions, please reach out to us. We'd be more than happy. And we can actually do skincare consults anywhere in the country or the world. Um, but we'd love to see you in office if you're a local. So thank you so much. Have a good day.